Today is Thursday, February 11th, and you're listening to The Morning Announcements. I'm Sammy Sage. I spent pretty much my whole day yesterday watching Trump's Senate impeachment trial, which involved a full afternoon of the Democratic House managers laying out the narrative of the Capitol insurrection, starting immediately after Trump lost the election in November. They made the case that not only did he cause the insurrection on January 6th, but that January 6th was the final culmination of all of Trump's attempts to overturn the election, ultimately making this a last resort. The first new piece of evidence in the trial was brought by the delegate from the U.S. Virgin Islands, Stacey Plaskett, who said that the permit for the January 6th rally didn't authorize a march to the Capitol until Trump and his team got involved in the planning. Plaskett also quoted Trump's words from his rally speech, We're going to the Capitol. We fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. I don't know what incitement sounds like if it's not that. The House managers focused most of their arguments on proving that Trump incited and encouraged the rioters and brought evidence showing how close the situation came to one where lawmakers were actually killed. House manager Eric Swalwell said that the rioters, who were holding flexible handcuffs, were only 58 steps away from Mike Pence. Because the House manager's presentation was told chronologically, it put into perspective that only 11 minutes later, Trump actually tweeted that, quote, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what he should have done to protect our country and our Constitution. The Democrats also presented never-before-seen security footage showing that Officer Eugene Goodman had run into Mitt Romney seconds before the mob entered the building and told him to go in the opposite direction. Mitt Romney later told NBC News that before seeing this footage in the trial, he was not aware of how close he came to running into the mob. The impeachment managers also argued that the reason Republicans had begged Trump to call the mob off proves that they knew he was the one who could control the mob. And of course, America's favorite Senator Ted Cruz got a shout out in the House manager's evidence himself, where one of the rioters is heard saying, quote, Ted Cruz is with us. The presentation also included evidence of Trump and Giuliani trying to convince Tommy Tuberville to continue to block the electoral certification while the Capitol attack was going on. The funny part of this is that Rudy accidentally called Senator Mike Lee instead of Senator Tommy Tuberville, but then got Lee to give the phone to Tuberville. Try not to let all the boomer stupidity get in the way of remembering how desperately Trump was trying at the time to do everything he could think of to coup. If you're wondering what the leader of the Sedition Caucus, Senator Josh Hawley, was up to, several reporters who had a view of his seat said that he was sitting there with his feet propped up on the chair in front of him, reviewing some sort of paperwork in a manila folder. Seems a little performative, Josh. You could have just gone on your phone like a normal person. As we're spending the week trying to make sense of last month's attack on the Capitol, the Washington Post did an interesting analysis on the public financial records of 125 defendants who are facing charges related to the riots. Their analysis found that nearly 60% of the defendants showed signs of prior money troubles, including bankruptcies, notices of eviction or foreclosure, bad debts, or unpaid taxes over the past two decades. You might be surprised to hear that this group with financial troubles includes the lady who took a private jet to the Capitol, which is yet another example of why you can't believe anything you see on Instagram. The Post analysis found that a quarter of the defendants had been sued for money owed to a creditor, and the group's bankruptcy rate was 18%, which is nearly twice as high as that of the American public. So I guess they actually do have a lot in common with Trump. If you thought this impeachment trial would be the end of the accountability road for former President Trump, think again. 
Prosecutors in Georgia have opened a criminal investigation into Trump's attempts to overturn Georgia's election results, including his perfect phone call to Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, where he asked him to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. Sources say that the inquiry would encompass Trump's outreach to other Georgia officials, such as Governor Brian Kemp and Attorney General Chris Carr, in an attempt to reverse his loss. Potential violations of state law include the solicitation of election fraud, the making of false statements to state and local government bodies, conspiracy, racketeering, violation of oath of office, and any involvement in violence or threats related to the election administration. So finally, people are catching on to what the past four years have been about. And just one last thing before spending another day watching the trial, Twitter announced yesterday that the ban on Trump is permanent even if he runs for president in 2024. I guess you'll have to resort to smoke signals, Donnie. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to show your support, head over to our iTunes feed to rate, review, and subscribe, or follow this podcast if you're listening on Spotify. If you want more of my news content, follow me on Instagram at Sammy, where I post news updates throughout the day. Also, be sure to follow and subscribe to the Betcha Sup podcast for more in-depth discussion of today's news, and follow at Betcha Sup on Instagram. Until tomorrow, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.